Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside podcast. I'm so excited today to be here with Christina Walsh from Tighten Your Tinkler. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love that your tagline is silly name, serious results. It's fantastic. Let me tell people a little bit about you. You live in New Orleans, mama of two, you're a physical therapist, and you're known with a friend as the Tinkler Ladies. You have 36 years of experience between you and Jen, supporting women through prolapse. I'm not going to say all these words right. You tell them. Yeah, diastasis recti, which is that separation of the abs that comes up, any kind of pelvic floor dysfunction, that's our jam. Mm-hmm. All those different things. So P-leaks is a big one. Back pain, which Mm -hmm. I did not know that back pain will be related to your pelvic floor. That's super interesting. So that's going to help a lot of parents. This comes up a lot. And especially comes a lot if we're trying to hike with our kids. Yes. We want to be outside. We want to be carrying them on our back. But we're leaking pee or we're jumping on the trampoline or we're jumping on the trampoline in the water park and, and we're leaking pee. So this is a very practical discussion that a lot of women are dealing with. It is. And so many moms report that it limits their ability to be present with their families the way that they had dreamed. And that definitely includes outdoor excursions because very often you're far from a restroom or mm-hmm. you are you don't have a change of clothes really handy. And it can be this emotional weight that women carry around. This is what we've learned from thousands of conversations, intimate conversations with women who we've self-support that it's an emotional weight that you don't even realize sometimes you're carrying around because you don't have to know that there's an option to get better. Mm. And so you plan your life around a bathroom or you just like, God, I have to confess right now, I'm a one of four kids. We used to tease my mom on road trips. She was always the one who we had to stop for a bathroom for her, not any of us kids. And now, I mean, it's crazy ironic that now what I do is help women with that. I wish I had it to give her then. <laughs> but so much of what we do, I talked to another mom about camping she was like, wait, you mean I? it's possible I wouldn't have to be the one to get out of the tent in the middle of the night in bear country? Wow. And yes, it's possible. <laughs> wow. So it really impacts your ideas of what's possible for you and your family and when it comes to outdoor adventures and travel. Mm-hmm. It impacts a lot of facets of your life. Yes. About what you think you can do. Yes. About what you choose to do. And I remember, this doesn't necessarily have to do with pelvic floor anything, but when our kids were small even getting to the bathroom can be hard. Yes. So I guess it does kind of relate, right? Like if you're carrying a bunch of babies or you've got your toddler and you're, even at the library, I would sometimes think if I have to use the restroom, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids. Yes. So just that mechanics of actually using restroom. And I remember being at a zoo's and like trying to fit the stroller inside of the stall and leaving the stall open because I've got my kids. It's a thing. Girl, I'm like, I'm I'm feeling all of that with you because what mom hasn't been there? Mm-hmm. And yes, are we still going to have to use the restroom and figure all that out? Yes. But if you're not trying to do it 20 times a day and your life isn't revolving around it from a place of fear, mm-hmm. it is absolutely liberating and it gives you back yeah. your confidence and quality of life. Yes. And if it's not an emergency too, like, yes. so, okay, I would sometimes, and when our kids were small, I would sometimes not drink. Because I would think, I don't want to have to be able to use the bathroom. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do if I've got all these kids with me. And so you talk about being able to pee less. Like we can actually hydrate properly and be able to pee less and not have to use the bathroom every five minutes when we're out and about. So let's start there because that sounds incredible. Totally. Okay. So I love diving into this. I'll try not to geek out too much. This is absolutely what I love. 
But so the bladder is like kind of a little complex beastie because it involves pelvic floor like strength and also flexibility to function well, but it also involves our nervous system. So we have to tap into all the things we talk about come from a holistic perspective because my partner, Jen, and I found the work we do through our own personal experience through birth and recovery and needing support in this area. So it is incredibly personal to us and we've been there. So we really do know what these limitations feel like and what they do to your life. But so when it comes to like that gotta go now sort of thing or peeing many, many times a day, we have to talk about certainly don't dehydrate yourself. Number one, concentrated pee. So like less hydrated pee actually is a bladder irritant, Mm. right? We think we're stacking that little check in the wind column, but like, maybe not. So stay hydrated. I mean, I don't think I need to preach the benefits of hydration from every angle. I mean, I noticed when I would get dehydrated, like breastfeeding, I would also have more fatigue. So, I mean, hydration is important, but it's important for your bladder. I've never heard anyone say that, Christina. Less hydrated pee is a bladder irritant. I want you to geek out. I want to know all the things. Okay. And so the next thing is get yourself some electrolytes. So, and I see them on my Facebook page advertise all the time, the element, the element electrolyte powders. A lot of women like those because they're flavored and little packets. Jen and I also recommend highlight electrolyte drops. I put those in every cup of water I drink. And here's the why for that, for your bladder health. It actually helps your body make better use of the water you're putting in. So you actually get better hydrated without having to drink even more. So that is a huge piece. Okay. Well, your skin looks amazing. If people could see you right now, (laughs) that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm vouching for your skin in this podcast that people are listening to because it looks fantastic. (laughs) You are so sweet. I must have the filter on. (laughs) So the other piece with this is making sure that you're using a toileting stool for bladder health. Okay. This is like the squatty potty that most women we associate it with complete and easy bowel emptying, right? So we don't have to strain as much. And that is important for pelvic floor health overall. So you're not adding downward pressure, but using that toileting stool actually helps you more fully and completely empty your bladder also by the position that it puts you in. Hello, that is a huge win because like then you're visiting the bathroom less often because you've more completely emptied it. You're less likely to have to get up to pee at night. Another piece of, I know, isn't this cool? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Another piece is your nervous system. So a lot of times, so the fight or flight system that leaves us feeling stressed and anxious and and that got to go hurry, hurry, hurry place of our well-being, that piece of our nervous system actually has a connection to our bladder. So anything that you do from a holistic health standpoint that brings you into a rest and digest place out of fight or flight, we've got a freebie that's lovely for that. It's a position that you can do at home with no equipment needed that decompresses your back, hips, pelvis, and your nervous system. So whether it's acupuncture, meditation, walking outside to decompress your nervous system, these pieces are important for bladder health, especially if you're somebody who's dealing with like the gotta go leaks or the peeing many, 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 too, too many times a day or getting up at night. All these are holistic pieces of the puzzle that will help build an upward spiral of positive change in that realm. So interesting. And it's a lot of it is counterintuitive and it's things that you wouldn't think of. Like I wouldn't have thought to put electrolytes in the water and I would have thought drink less because then you're going to have to pee less. So that's really interesting. And the squatty potty. Okay. Is that new? I mean, newer. I remember only hearing about it maybe within the past decade. Has there always been stuff like that or did they just kind of corner the market because they came up with a cool name? 
So I think probably they're the most famous one because they came up with the cool name. But like, again, I'm going to geek out from an anthropologic standpoint. That is how people used to pass their battle and battle, like a deep squat over a hole. And in many other countries, that's still what happens. So we kind of messed that biology or physiology up by Western toilets. (laughs) We were just at a national park in Utah, Canyonlands National Park. And at the visitor center there, they have the holes in the ground. I'll send you a picture of it, actually. I love it. Yes, post one. (laughs) There was a picture of someone squatting. Like that's what the little, you know, the little stick person was. And we were like, we're like, what is this? And it sure was, it was a hole. And so it seems like it would make birthing easier if your whole life, that's how you went to the bathroom. Yes, I think so. Well, and that's a great position. A deep squat is a great position to give birth in that actually has been shown in research to minimize risk of injury and all that sort of thing. There are several positions that are great for birth, but Mm -hmm. that's one of them. And it's certainly the ergonomic, let's say, position to pass both the bladder and the bowel most effectively and with the least amount of resistance. And that's what that squatty potty does. It brings your knees up above the height of your hips. So it kind of puts you in like a replicated deep squat. (laughs) Hmm. And it and it makes a difference. Jen and I love to joke that our husbands, when we first brought those home, were kind of like, what is this? And then you notice, oh, they're always choosing to go in the bathroom with the toileting stool now. I see they like it as well. Interesting. <laughs> so it just hugs. For people who don't know, it hugs the base of your toilet. And so then you can, you basically are elevating your, you put your feet on it. So it's elevating your knees up. And it's got a cool name, Squatty Potty. I mean, well done to whoever came up with that company because that is really catchy. Totally brilliant, right? Okay, so those are great ideas. There's four great ideas there for people. I like what you talk about on your website. What's normal? Yes. Because I guess that's not a question that we would really even ever ask. We don't, I mean, we talk about these things with friends. Some talk about it and some wouldn't. What's normal? How much are we supposed to be peeing? What's not normal? Absolutely. So there's no such thing as a small bladder, which is what we used to tease my poor dear mother about. It doesn't exist. Really? A normal bladder holds one and a half to two cups of urine and up to four at night when it's functioning properly. So what that is, is just a combination of its bladder and pelvic floor dysfunction. If you feel like my poor mom, like I have a small bladder is what she would say. That doesn't exist. So it's not normal to pee more than 10 times a day, no matter how much water you drink. And if you're drinking so much that it's really forcing you to the bathroom a lot, get those electrolytes. <laughs> see how that helps you. This is fascinating. Okay, so let me let me see. We just went camping and we were camping like in this remote area. And so they gave us a cup to pee in, like a plastic thing. And so it was 32 ounces. Is that four cups? Oh, gosh. I'm testing my math now. I was, I, now this is the outside my pay grade. I know. This is like way too much information <laughs> for my listeners. But I would fill it in the morning and it felt like a lot. Anyway, mine is doing well. No, well, maybe that means your bladder was functioning well. If it was holding I, up to four cups of urine overnight, that's what it should be doing. <laughs> I feel like I should win a prize here. <laughs> Especially after five babies. I mean, girl. Yes, it's 32 <laughs> ounces. I mean, it was, that's a lot. Everyone knows how much I peed when I went to Utah. There we go. Look, and you're an outlier. Statistically, 76% of women over the age of 40. Now, I don't know how old you are, so I'm not. I am over 40. Uh, 76% of women over the age of 40 are getting up to pee one or more times per night. And that is not normal. It is common, but not normal. And it doesn't have to be your life. And so many women who work with us in our signature program to treat these issues and really resolve them 
don't join us for that reason because they've so deeply accepted it because everybody that happens to everybody. And that's one of the first things they come back and say, holy moly, I'm sleeping through the night. I didn't even know this was possible. And that's got to be life changing. It is. Well, right. Because you go through this whole stage of life, maybe in your 20s or 30s, depending on when or if you have children, where you're getting up in the night with your children and then it finally ends. Mm. And then what? Now you're in this spot where you're post 40 and now you're having to get up to pee. Yes. And we all know what interrupted sleep does to us, especially after being mothers of infants, that that Mm -hmm. we would like for that not to continue for the rest of our lives. Right. I'm speaking very personally here. Yes. Okay. So recap, what's normal and not normal? Give me a recap. Oh, I got distracted by the amount of pee. <laughs> well, right. Well, that's just one component of bladder health, right? right. It's not normal ever to leak urine, mm. like with either the laughing, coughing, seizing, jumping piece. And it's also not normal to have the gotta go leaks. Like I've just felt the urge and I can't make it to the bathroom in time. Okay. So none of that is stuff you have to live with forever. Mm-hmm. And it's not normal. Sometimes it happens a little bit during pregnancy or maybe for the first few weeks afterwards. But if you're many weeks or months past having a baby and you're still dealing with that stuff, it doesn't have to be your new normal. Mm-hmm. So you talk about an easy first step for a mom who suspects that something might be off. Okay. So this is a great thing to do. Go take our five minute quiz. We call it our root cause quiz. It's on the website, on our Instagram. It's right on the top. It's yes. easy to find, right? Yes. So we make it easy to find because what women told us, we took... So Jen and I did a crazy thing and did three years of research to validate our protocol that we now teach in the program because we're nerds like that. And we had to know for sure that what we were putting out in the world was backed by data. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we did that. And what we did is take the questionnaires, the formal academic questionnaires that we use to track progress in our research study and turned them into a quick quiz that you can do online. And what women told us is that it really helped when they went through our research, they were like, wow, answering these questions really helps me understand how connected so many issues that I had spliced into separate buckets, like my back and hip being constantly tight or waking me up at night, the leaks of pee or the getting up at night to pee or that like pressure or heaviness that I was feeling down there after I had kids. They were like, I thought that was all separate. And once you quickly answer these questions and you see, oh, wait a minute. This is all one problem. Hmm. That's so interesting. So a five-minute <laughs> quiz. The website for people who don't know is tightenyourtinkler.com. You're also on Instagram at titan.your.tinkler. <laughs> and YouTube is Titan Your Tinkler. This is great. Silly name, serious results. I love it. And people can, well, I don't know if you share your Voxer out. I, that came through on my notes. And I was like, oh, that's really fun. I'm not going to share that here, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what we use for the private coaching pieces. <laughs> I'll keep that in my in my notes here. Back pocket. But, yes. But tightenertinkler.com, people could go and take that five-minute quiz because, yeah, I guess you wouldn't know if you're not well-versed in it. If you're not an expert, you don't know what's normal, what's not normal. Should I be getting up a couple of times at night? It feels like it's normal because that's what everyone is doing. Yes. Yeah. It'll give you a score that also helps you discern like, okay, how bad is this? And really, in the end, how bad is it is up to you. Like, I get pulled aside at birthday parties and events all the time because people know what I do. And they're like, (laughs) okay, so... So I just, you know, if they pull you into the corner, it's like, um, and my son's preschool teacher. So he was in pre-K four last year. Is so precious. He had talked about what mommy does for work to his teacher during the year. And so the very last day, she waited until the very last day to pull me aside and say, okay, so 
Curran told me a little bit about what you do and I have this thing and that thing. And is, like, is, is there help for me? I mean, she was, it was such a, a big moment for her to trust me with that information. Mm-hmm. And that is the honor of what we do is that we yeah. are a place where women can turn for safety for things that they've held on to often from a place of shame, but we can offer them hope for change and positive yeah. progress. And like, you do get pulled aside and ask questions about like, okay, how bad is this? And is this normal? And I have this thing, but not this other thing. And the question often is, when do I need to do something about this? And the answer is, when you decide it's interrupting your life enough that you want to. Right. Well, people may not even think that there's any hope for them, or they may not think that there's any answers. That's very telling, Christina, that people in all walks of life, from your child's teacher to other parents at a birthday party, it just goes to show how much information is needed for this particular topic and how confused, probably, that a lot of mothers are. And what should I be dealing with? And, you know, I just had a baby. When should things go back to how they were? Will they ever go back to how they were? And we we take personal emails as well. You know, this stuff is personal. So email us, hello at tighteneretinkler.com and go down the rabbit hole with us on YouTube. Any question we get repeatedly, we do an in-depth teaching on there because there are so many nuances and this stuff is not talked about we get so many stories and comments in the very public platform of YouTube of women just pouring their hearts out. Like Mm. I tried to talk to my doctor about this and they kind of told me to go away or they told me why was I complaining or, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly Mm -hmm. emotional journey. And so to be present with support is a huge gift. And it came from, it came from our own journeys, which right. That's always like the reason you find your heart calling. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. I'm sitting in the same spot, same right. thing <laughs> from my own journey. So you mentioned this just a minute ago about the back and hips. So I wouldn't naturally relate those to pelvic floor. So maybe you could explain that a little bit more. How did back and hip pain come in here? And even just a little bit more about the pelvic floor in general. Totally. I love this question. So I usually get out my... <laughs> Can you tell I'm such a nerd for what I do? Yes. Okay. Can't wait to talk about this. I normally get out my nerdy pelvis model to like, and on YouTube, you can go watch us like point and, you know, explain it all. So the bones of you that form your whole pelvis and your hips are connected through muscles and bones to your low back very directly. Mm. Like your pelvic floor muscles connect to your tailbone, which is the bottom of your low back and also the back part of your pelvis. So it is very much one like functional unit and it needs to function that way. And that's why it needs to function without you having to think about it. That's why we don't ever recommend Kegels or bracing of any kind. Hmm. And I think that that type of treatment has been recommended and prescribed. All those devices that you put inside you and have to squeeze around. We don't recommend any of that because we found a better way. Quite frankly, we didn't have any interest in doing all that and we tried it and it didn't work for us. And so that's how we found what we do recommend now, which is a much more holistic approach in our signature program. And that's why we always talk about everything from that place of pulling back the viewfinder. It's a whole system, the deep abs, the outer hips, the core, the pelvic floor, the low back, those muscles all need to work together synchronously without you having to make it a conscious effort. That's how they worked before you had kids, right? Mm -hmm. You never had to think about squeezing any of this stuff. And I think that the conscious squeezing and bracing has been recommended for so long because it's all anybody knew. Nobody who's a therapist has any ill intent or is trying to give you a subpar solution. There wasn't anything else. But, you know, I don't want my pelvic floor to be something I have to think about because 
or like consciously squeeze. So imagine like you're driving a car and you sneeze. If you try to cross your legs in that moment, you're going to cause a terrible accident. Sure. And <laughs> mm-hmm. So you don't want to be in a deep squat, picking up the laundry hamper and then sneeze and not be able to Kegel or cross your legs. And oh, well, like mm. you need that muscle to function for you without it being like a, <laughs> Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense, though, Christina, because if you think about the Kegel, I mean, that's just one small part of your body. And what you're saying is this is all connected. Totally. And so just by working on that one small part, obviously, you know, you hear about Kegels all the time. That's not going to fix the whole shebang. I mean, there's a lot going on there. It doesn't. And for some people, it is helpful. And that is great. You know, it is up to each woman to turn inward if you're looking for a solution to these issues and discern like, what is right for me? Mm -hmm. If you want, you know, to go with those devices and things that that's, you need appointments, you need in-person therapy, that's up to you. We are just so honored to be able to offer something that's an at-home solution that is much more holistic that doesn't involve anything invasive. That's whole body movements you can do with your clothes on with your kids present. (laughs) Wow. How long? Is it a forever thing? Is it a period of time thing? This is a great question too. And it depends on the severity of the issues you're trying to heal from. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's not a surprise. So what happens? This is something that happens, tends to happen after childbirth. Not always, but most often. Okay. And so is it, if you've had C-section and or vaginal birth it could be either is absolutely you're carrying that heavy baby down there things Mm -hmm. are moving around like what happens yes absolutely you're you're so onto it so many women also think that like c-section oh that can't be me or they're shocked when they have some of these issues later and it's like well your body still carried a full-term pregnancy which means all that relaxin hormone was like flowing through your Mm. blood and and for the duration of any breastfeeding where your joints were meant to separate and spread and your pelvic floor is prepped to give birth and it's carrying around a giant bowling ball on it for 40 weeks, whether no matter how that baby comes out. And this stuff is also influenced by past life experience. Like if you had a history of chronic coughing or constipation, Mm. asthma, certain athletic pursuits in your past can increase your risk of developing these issues. Certainly birth experiences and birth trauma play into this. So uh, it's a very multifaceted, complex picture. uh, And so many things can play into it. So if you're like, gosh, if you're like, I had a C-section, why am I having these issues? You're not alone there either. Mm -hmm. Yes. So people come in with different levels of severity in terms of what they're dealing with. And then the program, your signature program can be adapted to wherever they're at in their Absolutely. journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jen and I were at very different places when we first started this new protocol and I needed it tweaked a little bit differently than she did. And that's part of the instruction in the program is that you learn relief techniques. So you can deploy those strategies. Like you put on this big toolbox of like tool belt of like, okay, which tool do I need for this thing? Okay. This is a little bit flared today. Cause I had to carry my, this is what happened to me on a recent family trip. I had to carry my 40 pound toddler for way longer than I expected on a hike. And because he just got fussy, I couldn't anticipate that. But so I did come home a little flared up. So I needed to deploy some of my relief tools a little bit more for the next few days and get back to my warm up exercises that only take 10 minutes. But I knew I was going to feel better even after that flare up. And I think that that's part of the emotional piece of healing from this stuff is energetically, we're healing at our very center as women, right? So Mm. we can get back to that. But it also as someone who's walked this path, 
you start to feel um, incapacitated and broken. This is your body can start to feel like it's betrayed you is what many women Mm. say that it feels like. And to take that back, like, okay, I don't have to be afraid anymore. Like, even Mm -hmm. if something pushes me over the edge where, okay, I had a little flare up again, carrying the 40 pound kid for longer than I thought on a hike. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless again. Not at all. Um, Yeah. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness. So you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last minute get together recently and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com slash outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. Yeah, that's interesting too, because I've talked to some different people about rucking, which is walking with carrying weight. So that you carrying your toddler is rucking, <laughs> you know, or baby wear. And it's so good for women. Yes. Especially for women for building bone density. But if adding on the extra weight also is causing you to pee your pants, it's, then that's a really tricky thing. Yeah. So is it ever too late no. for some women? Like, let's say it's been a really long time. I love this question too. So one of my very favorite testimonials that ever came in was from a woman in Canada. And, you know, we have participants and clients all over the world at this point. So from Canada, she sent us a message and just was like, I'm in tears. I had my last baby 28 years ago. And I had completely given up hope that I could garden without issues, that I could look to a future of playing with my grandkids outside. 
and know that I could be present for them. And I had just thought that that was it for me. And I've been dealing with this stuff for so long. But wow. she went on a limb and trusted that this felt right for her. And it worked. So, I mean, I could cry right now. It's, it is, usually it's never too late. And if you're concerned about your particular case, reach out, take the quiz. It gives you that scale of like, okay, how bad is this? Yeah. I had copied down a couple of the testimonials that are on your website. And so a woman named Annie had written in and she said, after caring and giving birth to four kids, I thought there were certain things I was just going to have to live with. This truly changed my life. So she was talking about no more lower back pain. She says as an added bonus, this is kind of what you were talking about earlier. Well, here's what she said. I'm able to lie flat on my back without pain. I can bathe my kids and do the laundry without back pain. I can sleep better at night. And as an added bonus, I can now jump on a trampoline. Yeah. So that wasn't even the original goal. Right. The original goal was the back pain. Right. And yeah. And so many women have a composite of issues they've just been dealing with for so long. And there's one of them that starts screaming the loudest, like, mm. okay, my sleep's interrupted by my back. So that's maybe that's what they're looking for a solution for. One one girl called recently, an old friend, and said, okay, I've been dealing with these leaks for like a while now, but like okay, it crossed the threshold for me because I was at the beach and I'm in my swimsuit. I couldn't have a pad on and I sneezed and it just ran right down my leg in my mm. swimsuit. And that was it for me. I'm done with this. And so for her, her back had also been tight since she had the kids, but that wasn't the thing that was screaming the loudest for her. So it's very individual of what thing you are looking for relief from, what spurs you to take action to heal. But what happens when you use a holistic approach, like with any part of our health, is that all the other things start to get better too, because you're just giving your body that little nudge mm. to do the thing it already wanted and knew how to do anyway, right? right. <laughs> yeah, that's actually interesting. I wasn't thinking about the swimming because you can't wear a pad. And so sometimes you think, okay, well, that would be your the way that you're living now is you're just, you're going to wear a pad and if you sneeze or cough or whatever. But yeah, there are certain situations where that's not an option. I didn't even think about that. Yes. You're in a bathing suit and that would be so hard. Yes. And that thought was a breaking point for her. She was mm -hmm. like, I'm done. And then, if, you know, a couple weeks in with the, <laughs> with her new protocol, she was like, holy moly, oh. I'm getting this back. <laughs> Just a couple weeks. Oh yeah. Those changes start to happen so quickly because it is, that is the magic of doing it with that little nudge that pushes your body where it wanted to go anyway. It's, it's gentle and it just kicks your body into doing the thing. It It's just like, oh, I remember this. I got this. <laughs> yeah, that's so true because your body was functioning probably for the most part fairly well for decades, maybe up until this point of having children and things moving around. And then you're trying to get back to that place that you were at before. Have you gotten any stories that have surprised you? Are they all kind of the same or similar? Well, they're all individual for sure, but they definitely have, I mean, certainly everything is personal to each person. So why yeah. did they want to seek that relief? Yeah. What was that breaking point? What is the thing they really wanted back again? One mom was a very adventuresome mama and wrote in that she could take a long hike again without having to worry about the bathroom and the discomforts and that long drive with her kids and not have to be the one to ask for the potty, you know? Yeah. And so for some women, it's getting back to those things and trying to think of one that surprised us. The thing that surprises the most of the women we work with is the sleeping through the night thing. 
So they are surprised yeah. usually about that one. Yeah, you're in, that is actually a, a, an odd question because you know what can happen. Really, if the surprises are coming for these women who like that mom said, well, now I can jump on the trampoline. I wasn't even caring about that, but now I can do right. that. Or now I'm sleeping through right. the night. We have a lot of kids that listen in, so we'll skirt around it, but it also is helping with intimacy. Absolutely, yes. And that is a huge piece of all of our quality of life in a big, big way is our connection with the person we've chosen to do life with. And to heal there is very powerful and and possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. And even just that feeling of pressure. I remember after, so we had two cesarean sections. I had two cesarean sections for failure to progress and then had a home birth. With your midwife. I loved that episode. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I connected so much with that. Oh, isn't she lovely? Because my midwife and my doulas, I mean, I feel the same way you described about her. Like I just want, I would hug them every day. What they give you is such Mm -hmm. an immeasurable gift. I didn't mean to interrupt. (laughs) It is. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's worth talking about because I, I don't know, I'm not really talking about my home birth on here. I've talked on other people's podcasts. I have home birth podcasts, but you know, our first two kids, you know, we have this baby at the end and the baby's healthy and we're all whole and it's great. You know, I had 10 minute appointments all the way through those pregnancies. But then with the midwife, it's an hour long. It's a different standard of care. Yes. Where you you are seen as a whole person and it really is a life-changing experience. So, but with our first home birth, which was a very long, arduous thing, I mean, <laughs> I was not good at it. You know, you see some YouTube videos where they just out comes that baby. And I was like, this is not my situation. But for what it's worth, I had a midwife and a doula and that was not my situation either. But it was still an empowering experience instead of one where I felt like everything was ripped away from me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think there's any easy way to get a baby out, to be clear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what my mom says. And my mom has always said that there's no easy way to get a baby out. But actually, though, our home births did get subsequently shorter by quite a bit. So that was an interesting thing because that also does feel empowering, Christina. It's like, you know, if the first one was 24 hours and then the next one was six hours and the last one was 95 minutes, oh my you goodness. do see that small changes can make a big difference. It's pretty cool mm-hmm. to have those. And I know that doesn't work that way with everyone, but cool to see the progression there and the differences. But after the first one and only after the first home birth, not after the other two, I did feel a lot of pressure, like for where a long period of time I couldn't stand without feeling like my insides were going to fall out. Yes. You described that very well. That is what it feels like. And the way we often talk about with women is like, it feels like somewhat uh, many of us felt like in those very last few weeks of pregnancy, but mm-hmm. the baby's out. But there's so no why? baby. Yes. So then you're freaked out because mm-hmm. you're thinking, is this what I'm going to have to live like for the rest of my life? What's wrong? What's going on in there? And how am I going to care for my other kids yes. if I cannot stand up for you know more than 15 minutes without feeling this awful pressure? So yes. that's another thing that you're helping moms. So it's like, there's a lot here, Yes. right? We started talking about the peeing while you're outside. We're talking about peeing through the night, peeing on your road trip, peeing while you sneeze or cough. So we're talking about all that. We're talking about intimacy, we're talking about back pain, hip pain, and then also this pressure. So how common is that? It happened for me with one of the kids out of five, but not the other ones. It's very common. And for many women, it's interesting that it was only the one kind of in the middle. So a common story is like, I had a little bit of dysfunction after the first one. And then I had another one. And then it was like, oh, then I had the back tightness, a little bit of leakage and the pressure. And then I had a third. And now 
the leaks are more frequent and I have more pressure and now my hip hurts. And then I have, so for many women, not always, but for many, that's the story. Yeah. I think that because of the situation with the midwife, I think that I got healthier through each pregnancy. That I is think so that's glorious. Yeah. That changed for me. I actually think I started probably in the least healthy spot and got to the most healthy spot by the birth that was 95 minutes. So the my one was the first vaginal birth where I felt that and it was it was a long that was a long birth. So Well, it's right. So maybe I was about to say that some of those the risk of that having that happen later can be increased by like long second stage of labor, so like long periods of pushing, which I had for one of my births. So mm-hmm. and then you might need to rest more, but maybe like my midwife told me you know, the week in the bed, the week by the bed, the week, what, oh, how do they say wait. it? Yes. Are but they I friends? Are they the same people? What in the world? That's what mine says well, the I same didn't thing. I did follow her recommendations. I was oh. like, oh, I, I don't, I'm not, I can't do that. You know, I was my first and I was like, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. So uh, that probably was a part of why I suffered with some of that as well. So we really need to give our bodies grace and care and patience, whether it's immediate postpartum recovery or whether it's years later and you're, you've decided you're ready to address these issues. That is why those decompression and relaxation positions are part of the therapeutic process Mm. of recovery, because you've got to take the load off of your body. Basically, give your body the grace and care that you would wish for someone else and take that step back. It's like we always say, you know, slow down so you can speed up. Mm. So it's a little bit of a pulling back so you can open that door to the dreams you've been holding back on. I totally remember. So we did the home birth. We did the home birth because I'd had two cesarean sections and didn't know how many cesarean sections I could have. So I didn't want to limit the amount of kids that we were having based off of you have too much scar tissue. You know, I mean, I know people who have had six cesarean sections. So, you know, sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. So we switched to this home birth. This beautiful Beth, who's been on our podcast twice now, she'll be on quite a bit here heading into the fall, I think, for just sniffles and the types of things that come up then. But Oh, she's brilliant. Like (laughs) she is a brilliant. She's amazing. Yeah, she's fantastic. So she took us on, bless her. She really changed our whole life. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the appointment with my husband, Josh, where she said the it's one week. It's the two weeks in bed, bed. like one week, like where you're laying down one week where you're sitting on the bed, Mm -hmm. one week where you're near the bed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was 40 days or something. It was like three or four weeks. It's in that, or there's that book called The First 40 Days, which I ended up reading, which is a really good one. Yes. But we just thought she was out of her mind, but she had (laughs) to do it with Josh there because she's saying, like, the family has to come along and support in this situation. Yes. That you have to have that time for your body to pull back together and all those different things. And so it was harder with the first home birth. And I don't, and I think that's why I had a lot of that pressure because mm-hmm. I didn't really totally mm-hmm. listen. And people come over and you feel like you should be out with them in the living room, sitting on the oh, couch, and you feel like you should exactly. be giving them a meal and yeah. you should be hospitable. Then for the last two, and she would even put a note on the door. She would have this thing printed out that was like, you may stay for 15 minutes unless you're doing laundry or helping with chores around the house or with the other kids. Otherwise, leave. I mean, it was like pretty, pretty straight up. I, Absolutely adore that. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is this is part of, I think, the pendulum that's swinging culturally back towards more holistic health and natural approaches to these things and empowered approaches to our health and our health mm-hmm. journey. And birth is, 
I mean, that yeah. last interview we did with her, she, you both were speaking by language of how mm. important that is in our life journey. Yeah. Well, she says birth is important to everyone. I agree. That's one of her big things that birth should be important, whether you're a grandparent, whether you don't have kids, whether you're a mom of 10, whether, you know, you're a teenager, that birth matters to the whole of humanity. And so the way that we support mothers, you know, the things that we do in those times when we take the pressure off and we encourage them to spend that first 40 days nesting. And, you know, like we even talk about, you know, we're trying to get outside, but not, you know, not right after we have a baby. Yes. Maybe a cousin is taking the older kids outside or something like that, but we are still having that time to lay and to rest and to relax. Yes, it's all an important part of the healing journey. But well, at the same time, of course, like we talked about already, don't feel like if you did kind of mess that up, the first, it's not too late to heal even later yeah. in life. You know, so yeah. yes, I I could have done better on that stuff when I Yeah, and some of us don't get a lot of chances. I think that's you know, that's an interesting part in life. Like I have friends who they had a baby and couldn't get pregnant again, or they had a couple babies and had some complications and you know the like, you know, we had five kids. So I had a lot of chances to try some different things and to learn what works better and what doesn't work better. Not everybody has that same story. And so I love that you say it doesn't, it doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter how old you are. Well, right. And all of those parts made you who you are now. And I I just, there's no sense in do I believe we should mourn what's been hard? Yes. Give yourself time to grieve, to be sad, to cry. If this is something that has caused you pain and strife in your life, let yourself feel those feelings, mm-hmm. but don't stay stuck there because it's yeah. not the end of the road. There is hope. There's no sense in regretting looking back, you know, let yourself mourn, but then switch to that place of like, but look what my body has still done for me. You know, look sure. what I have still been able to carry these children and to get give birth and raise them. And now it's the time for me to tap back into healing me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that time yeah. wasn't right. Like you said, for any myriad number of reasons, right. my mom was dying at the same time I was having my first. So like, Aww. did that play into my story? Absolutely. And there wasn't mm-hmm. the time and space for me to take care of myself the way I sh- you know, should have, we could say. Yeah. But in some way, no, my time was later. And so you can't look back with regret. You can Mm. cry for what's been hard, but then say, gosh, but I was still able to do so much of what I needed to do at that time of life. And now is now is when I'm ready to tap into this healing. Yeah. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids every day. AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free 
AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com 1000 hours. That's such a good point because someone could be look, listening and saying, yeah, same thing. I'm in, I'm in this awful situation. I, I can't stay in my bed for three weeks. Are you kidding yeah. me? You know, there's no way. This is my certain situation. And so you have answers for people. No matter how far past the initial issues, no matter how far past they are. So I love that you say pulling an all-nighter. <laughs> yeah. Pulling an all-nighter, which means to make it through the night. This means to sleep through the night without having to get up to pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's let's call it I'll call all I self-identify as an old lady at 40 but that's uh it's a revised uh, re- definition of pulling an all-nighter <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it's a, it's definitely a goal a good goal <laughs> do you feel that it's an it's a possibility for almost everyone yes there now there are cases where there is dysfunction and injury that is past the point. And, and we are very clear and direct about that. We don't want to fill you with false hope. So mm-hmm. if there are women who are dealing with prolapse, which is the pelvic organs like trying to fall down and out of your body, mm-hmm. there are different degrees of that. And so if you know for sure you're at stage three or stage four, you know, it's going to be less of a hopeful situation to, to address things non-invasively, conservatively. Mm-hmm. And we want to be realistic about that. I tell me what prolapse is. So it's like you have your, in your sitting on your pelvic floor, you have your bladder, you have your vaginal canal and you have your rectum. So busy mm-hmm. area, lots of action going on in there. <laughs> <Yes>. mm-hmm. <laughs> and your pelvic floor is responsible for, it's soft tissue. There's no bone in there to hold all this stuff in place. So it's responsible wow. for holding all that holding your guts in. I mean, to make it unromantic, (laughs) that's what it does. And so it goes through a lot of stretching and pressing and changing to accommodate Mm -hmm. pregnancy and birth. And sometimes things don't kind of fall back into place where they were before. They've lost some of that structural support because it's all soft tissue. Mm. And one of the organs kind of starts to slip, slide down out of its happy place. Okay. And then that can be a part of the cause yeah. of dysfunction, the symptoms we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So it can get to a degree where it's not as realistic to address things this way. And that's sometimes when people will get a sling, yes, a bladder sling, they'll have some different things put in there to help with yes. that. But if you're listening and you are dealing with you, if you have a known diagnosis, you're stage one, you're stage two, and you're like, if you're the woman who is like, I know this is going on and I do not want surgery, I 
do not want invasive devices. I do not want pills. This is a great alternative for you. Okay. Yeah, this is incredible. And we talked at the very beginning about how this is going to help if you want to camp and this is going to help if you want to hike and this is going to help if you want to go on some fun road trips. And there's a lot of life that can be affected by using the bathroom. Yes. And so often it's stuff that we keep inside. Like I even have a hard time talking to my husband about this stuff. I talk about on podcasts all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I just share that I can pee four cups of pee in the morning. (laughs) Right. Well, I'll talk about anything on a podcast, you know, to thousands of people, but it is very intimate stuff. It's, it feels very vulnerable. And so if you can kind of address the stuff and move on with your life, like, wow, it's a lot of freedom. Yeah. So let's tell people where they can go if they're looking for help. Yes. Our YouTube channel has a ton of deep dive teaching. Like I said, mm-hmm. we're sharing from the heart, teaching inspiration tips on Instagram. And all, you said it all earlier. Instagram's at titan.your.tinkler. YouTube is just Tightener Tinkler. And we've got the website, tightenertinkler.com. You can reach out to us through email, hello at tightenertinkler.com. Mm-hmm. You can find us in all those places. And that five minute quiz is on the Instagram page and also on the website. So mm-hmm. We're kind of everywhere. And then your signature program. Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, that's the piece that I've mostly spoken about is the the creation of that. pro. It it wasn't a program or a business at first. It was my partner, Jen, and I looking for help for ourselves. (laughs) And that's where it really all started from. We were already working with moms in a clinic here in New Orleans, and we had both had certain issues with recovering from births ourselves and we're left Mm -hmm. with stuff we didn't want to accept as just the way it was going to be, despite what doctors had told us and so on and so forth. So as nerdy clinicians who were already, you know, we, we we were like perfectly set up to problem solve this in a new way. And we were, you know, gratefully able to do that. And that's what the signature program is. That's what the signature program is. The protocol that we like really dialed in for Mm -hmm. ourselves first and then used it with the women we worked with in our clinic and then did the research and then took it online because the women in our research were like, wait a minute, I want to refer six people to this. Like, you've got to make some videos. And so we were like, we have to listen to them. Well, and like you said, I mean, if it's your son's pre-K teacher, then there's pre-K teachers all over the country and all over the world that are looking. I mean, can you imagine? I Actually, that is a really hard part. That's a really just sidebar. If you're a teacher. Yes. (laughs) you're up on your feet. I remember being, a, you know, I taught high school math. You're only able to go to the restroom in between the classes, really. I mean, it's it's not looked upon well to leave your class because you have to run to the restroom. Yes. You only have these limited windows. They're very short. And, And if you're in a classroom with a bunch of small kids, then even more so there, there may yes. be situations where you can't flee or, you know, run. Yes. And one of our favorite, one of our biggest fan, earliest biggest fan clients was a therapist. So she was in prolonged one-on-one sessions. Mm. I mean, a counseling therapist uh, for all day long. And the bathroom break situation was stressing her out so terribly. Wow. Um, it was affecting her ability to perform her job. And we asked her to check how track how many times a day she was peeing. And she came back and it was 20 times. Mm. And she's like, I didn't even realize it had gotten that bad, but she knew it was affecting her well-being and her ability to do her work. Oh, and this is one tip I forgot to mention earlier. I'm so glad we're talking about this. Stop pushing your pee out. So like we, that's the first question I asked her. I said, okay, so a couple quick questions. Are you pushing your pee out? And she was like, what? <laughs> and I said, well, just spend, come back next time and tell me. 
And she came back and was just like, how did you know? <laughs> because when you're, it, it's this like spiral, like you said, you start to dehydrate yourself. You're like, oh, this will help. And then you, you're, you need to go faster because you've got to go so many times that it's interrupting your schedule. Your kids are banging at the door. So you're oh. like, I'll just shave a few seconds off this task. So you're like, I'm going to get it out faster. That actually causes incomplete emptying. So you've got urine left in the bladder, which means you're going to have to return to the potty sooner. You're more likely to leak. And it's also going to cause you to have to get up and pee in the night. So make sure that you are urination should be a passive vent. You're relaxing those <laughs> muscles. Should that be the title of this one? Urination should be a passive event. <laughs> Chris, this has been awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this is really fun. I'm like, I love statements that you're never, ever going to hear again. Like less hydrated pee is a bladder irritant. Like, I don't think that I'm ever going to hear that sentence again. <laughs> Look, leave it to us. I'm sure Jen and I can drop plenty of those sorts of nuggets. It's like, uh, wow, never would have thought anyone would have ever said that out loud. Here's what it shows. I'm 42. I didn't know a ton of this. So, I mean, our women should know this. They should know to stay hydrated. They should know that less hydrated pee is a bladder irritant. Everyone should know. You should know not to push your pee out. You should know about the electrolytes. So people have to make sure that they're following along. I just looked at your YouTube channel. There's 90 videos here. So fantastic. Yeah. The truth about bladder leaks, different people's stories about back and hip tightness, prolapse terminology, um, and all of these different wardrobe injuries. Definitely yes. amazing things to look at. Three things you're not being checked for properly, which is interesting because you had talked about, we don't have time to hop into it, but questions that you should ask at your postnatal appointments, like what should we be looking for? There's all sorts of information here. So people can go to tighteneartinkler.com, YouTube channel, Instagram to find all sorts of information and really to enhance their lives Absolutely. for the long haul. Yeah. Take that one weight off of your shoulders. This is one you don't have to bear forever. Like mm -hmm. there are many things we can't control in our lives, right? Um, but this is probably one of the ones you can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Christina, we always end our podcast with the same question. And we've been talking about how if you have more bladder control, it can help you with getting outside and enjoying that time a little bit more. So uh, what is a favorite memory from your childhood that was outside? I have so many. I was blessed with a mother who understood very intuitively that, as she used to say, um, you know, when in doubt, put them in water or get them outside, talking yeah. about the kids. So when we got home yeah. from school every day, my mom's always question was, do you want to do homework or do you want to go play outside? So guess what we chose every day? Go play outside. I love that question. Wait a minute. Way to go, mom. Do you want to go do homework? That's, you know what? That's a fabulous way to do it. Do you want to do laundry or do you want to go play outside? Do you want to help me sweep the kitchen floor? I mean, this is great. Yes. Take your pick. You're going to go play outside. And my dad, uh, much to the chagrin and stress of my mother at one point in our lives, he'd grown up in Charleston, South Carolina on the water and loves uh, water skiing. And he purchased a ski boat for our family, which my mom was sure we couldn't afford. And we ended up, we didn't have a lake house. So when we took the boat out, we were in landlocked Birmingham, Alabama growing up, but there was a lake called Smith Lake. And every, almost every weekend all summer, we spent, you know, trapped, you could say trapped on the little boat and we'd pack peanut Aww. butter and jelly sandwiches. And we, it would be very intimate together in this time. And we were always encouraged to invite friends, any cousins that visited from out of town were taken out for a day on the boat over the weekends in the summer. And we were all taught to water ski 
And it became a core memory for me to the point I could cry. Just getting on a boat in the summer is like, we were just visiting friends at the lake and um, my husband was like, is this really fun for you? Like he was at the boat, he was like bouncing and jarring and he was kind of annoyed. It was crowded. There were kids screaming. And I was like, this is a part of my childhood. This is a part of my family togetherness time that I treasure so deeply. So Mm -hmm. it is amazing how we develop these associations with the special togetherness time of family when you're outside enjoying each other and the Mm -hmm. fresh air and the sun and the water and learning new things and supporting each other and cheering each other on. And those are things I wouldn't trade for the world. Mm. Christina, I had no idea that a Tighten Your Tinkler podcast could be so good. (laughs) (laughs) It is so much fun (laughs) to talk to you, Jenny. I just feel so deeply about your mission in this world and what you are bringing to families everywhere that we're all just going to grow and benefit from so much. It's a huge part of the healing journey to be outside. Well, thank you for being here. I know that this is this is going to go far and wide. People can share with their friends and find hope and find answers for things that will enhance their lives for the remainder of their lives. So I love your enthusiasm. And one last gift. Yes. The coupon code 1000HOURS gets you $50 off of our signature program for okay. all your listeners. One zero 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 hours. H O U R S. I'm used to saying it. Okay, so they can get fifty dollars off the signature program with one zero 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 H O U R S. Yeah, that's fantastic for people that are looking for that. Man, you get your life back. That's for sure. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jenny. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.